0: Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, everybody. Welcome all of our campuses, all of you watching online. What a great weekend. So glad uh, you're here. We're going to dive right in. This is a a series I've been waiting for for a little while uh, called The End Times, and you I like to review, but I'm not gonna review a ton because there was so much information last week. But, but last week, if you're just not catching up with us, maybe you're new, uh, this is your first time to visit, Man, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome. I'll be out in the lobby. I'd love to greet you, love to meet you if you're available. But uh, last week was week one, and we talked about the uh, four main eschatological views. Es- es- eschatology is the study of end times. Um, the four main views, which is historic pre millennialism dispensational premillennialism, amillennialism, and then post-premillennialism. Now, those are, hand, those are mouthful, mouthfuls. Um, but these are the four main views, and I'm not going to rehearse them or even try to define them because just go, go back and, and watch last week. Um, that'll be helpful for you. But today, um, the essential eschatology that I believe Um, And these are, again, my opinion, but for the next two weeks, this week and next week, I'm going to talk about the things that I think are essential, non-negotiable almost, if you will, uh, events that will happen in the end times. They're they're biblical events or biblically described events that that are, in my opinion, irrefutable. You can believe a lot of things about how the world's going to, out of the end, I'm talking about as Christians, we can believe a lot of things, but... These are things or events that I believe are essential for us to know. You know, when, when Peter, uh, the apostle, talks in his epistles and says, hey, you know, be ready to give an answer when people have questions. Be, be ready as, as you live your lives, and, and they are attracted, by the way, they're attracted to the way that you're living. And he, ta- and he says you're living peaceful lives, peace-filled, not just full, but peace-filled lives, joyous lives. You're getting along with people. You're not angry. You're not mad. You're just living your life, not minding your own business. And those are words that he uses. He says, and then be ready because people are going to be attracted to that kind of living. And when they ask you questions, be ready to answer those questions about your faith. Well, one of the big questions that, that perhaps people curious Of Christianity, or curious uh, in spiritual terms, whether it's Christianity or not, or is is how does the world end? What about end of the world? What about the end of the world is, is a very curious question for a lot of people. So, how should we, how could we answer that question? Today I want to talk about three things about end times that I believe are essential. And I'll just give, give you a list. The gospel, we're going to talk about that. Number two, the resurrection. And number three, the transformation. These things, however you believe in the timing of the last two, doesn't matter to me. They're essential. They are, I mean, in, I hate to use the word because I don't want to be so dogmatic, but they're just, they're just irrefutable doctrinal, uh, biblical ideas or events that I believe will happen. And I'll explain those when we get to them. But the first one I'm taking from the post premillennial view uh, of of, uh, the four main ones, and that is the gospel. So, what could we say about the gospel? First, let me define it. Webster's Dictionary defines the gospel like this the message concerning Christ, the kingdom of God, and salvation. So, you hear this, this term, gospel, really means good news what is that good news regarding good news regarding christ the kingdom of god what he brings and salvation in other words the gospel of jesus is that we have been reconciled to our creator to the father by way of what jesus did on the cross because we were sinners we've we've fallen short of the standard of god his holiness his character and the way that he created us we we rebelled, we sinned, going back to the garden up until now, well, Christ's work on the cross, he took upon himself our sin. All the wrong, all the mistakes, past, present, and future that we will commit, he paid for. And because of that, we are forgiven and promised eternal life. That's the gospel in a short little nugget. And you can say it a whole lot of different ways, but that's one way that I would say it. So when we say the gospel It's important that you understand the definition of that, that you understand it is about salvation. It is about how we are reconciled to the Father. And it is the atoning work of Jesus on the cross, the power in his resurrection, bringing us hope that there is forgiveness for our lives today, eternal life for our lives tomorrow. in a few years, whenever that is, all right? So when I say the gospel, let's go to the biblical understanding of this. And the first one that I, wanna, I want us to look at is, is Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Here's what Jesus says. And the good news about, we just talked about that, the gospel, the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Why, why the gospel matters to the end times is because the gospel will be preached to all nations, guys. And I don't want to get ahead of myself in, in, in my remarks, but this is why we do what we do all around the world. When we when we give to Project Rescue, and by the way, you almost gave four hundred thousand dollars to Project Rescue in one week. I mean, unbelievable! So grateful. Um, that's the gospel. Yes, we helped families. Yes, we helped little girls and boys, but all of that is centered and based in the gospel. It's all centered in, in, and founded in Jesus, and, and that message is being preached on a daily basis. I say preached, but taught on a daily basis. So when we give to things like that, or in Bangladesh, one of our partners, big partners in Bangladesh, or New York City, our, our, uh, one of our teams was in New York City this week on the streets. Uh, that's a huge partner of ours. And then in Africa and all over the world, we have partners all over the world. That's why we give to, to those partners is so that the gospel will be preached. But it doesn't let us, us off the hook. In other words, oh, yeah, I'm going to give. I'll give so that uh, the, the India, so that Africa, so that uh, Russia, so that China, wherever. Right? And we have a big partner in China as well. We give to all those things because it matters. The gospel matters to end times. Wherever we go and however that happens, we it, it, it matters. The next verse, Matthew 28, 19, you know this verse, most of you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them or these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this gospel is attached to the end of the age. What we are doing is not your job... You're a teacher, you're a businesswoman, you are a nurse, you're a doctor, you are a whatever. The reason that you live, the reason that we live as believers is because of the gospel and that we just happen to have a job at FISD, or we just happen to have a job at, uh, at, at Frito-Lay, or we just happen to have a job wherever you work or whatever you do. Maybe it's your own company. The reason that you do what you do and live where you live and go to the school or the middle school, the high school, the elementary school that you go to is because of the gospel. Is that our, we are salt and light. I could, I could have read that one, but I didn't. But I'll get back to it in a minute. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. And I read this uh, again uh, last week, but I, it, it bears repeating. So when the apostles were with Jesus, these, he's just resurrected and getting ready to ascend to heaven. They kept asking him, Lord, has the time for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Again, the, and I get it. I am too curious. Like, 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 like when is this going to happen? When is Jesus going to return? Especially if you were raised like me and you could miss the rapture at any moment because you cussed or because you... And if that's the case, all of, your, all of you, most of you except my mom is the only one I know of that probably doesn't cuss. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, that we're curious about when is this all gonna happen? The disciples were, and this is not, this is one occasion that they asked. They asked plenty of times, if you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, which I did this week. I went through Matthew. I went through every chapter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and, and the number of times that they were just curious about the end or when he's gonna restore. Anyway, he replied, the Father alone has, has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. He says, don't worry. Your, your questions are they're not bad questions. It's just, they're just the wrong questions, because I don't even know. Only the Father in heaven has set those dates. What you need to worry about, and this is Jesus talking, what we as a, as a, as, as a body of Christ, as Hope Fellowship, what we need to worry about is being his witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in, Ju- in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's, what, that's why the gospel is so important to end times because it must be preached to all the nations. But it's also, a, this is called the great commandment because we, not just John, not just the pastor, but all of us have been called. Let me, look, I mean, so, so I told you I went through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and I did. And I maybe missed some things because I didn't do a, a, you know, a, a quick Bible search out of my Bible program. I just took a physical Bible, and I went from Matthew chapter 1 to John chapter 21. And I just went page after page marking down the times in which Jesus encouraged, commanded, Um, taught a parable on us spreading the gospel. And I know this is a lot, but I'm just going to go through every single one of them that I found. Matthew 4 make them fishers of men. Jesus calling his disciples, he says, I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 5, salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And this is in his sermon on the mount. This is when he's beginning his ministry. And he's saying to to those who are listening and and all of us who are are listening in as well, that you and I, we are salt and light just because I'm a pastor. I'm I'm not the only one responsible for this. It's all of us Uh, Matthew 9, Matthew uh, and his tax-collecting friends, he calls Matthew, who was a sinner, he was Jewish, but he was a sinner, away from God, robbing his own people, and he spends time with his tax-collecting friends. Matthew 9, the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for workers. Because the workers are few, because the, the people are ready around the world. G- Matthew 10, Jesus sends out the disciples to preach the gospel. Matthew 13, parable of the farmer scattering the seed. Hey, we're, we're farmers. We're scattering this, God's word into people, or uh, uh, into the lives of people far from him. Matthew 13, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 13, parable of the wheat and the weeds. Matthew 13, parable of the hidden treasure, uh, the, the gospel. Ma- Matthew 13, parable of the fishing net. It's like a fishing net that we're we're trying to catch fish. People, Matthew 20, parable of the vineyard workers. Matthew 22, parable of the great feast. Invite them in. Go to the highways and byways and invite them in. Luke 4, Jesus has come to bring good news. Luke 8, parable of the lamp. We are lamps. Don't Don't let it hide. Don't hide your lamp. Let it shine. Luke 10, Jesus sends out the 72 this time. Luke chapter 15, lost sheep. This is one of my favorite chapters of the whole Bible. Lost sheep, lost coin, lost son how important lost people are to to the Father. And if people matter to him, they should should matter to us. Guys, let's not lose our our focus here. Let us, and that's why I bring, I try my best to, and I know uh, one more, John 4, uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman in the village, and they all get saved because of Jesus and his relationship at the well with the Samaritan woman who was living with the man she was not even married to. She'd been married multiple times. Now, the reason I went through all this is because this is key to the end times, but it's but it's, and that's I think secondary to to the to key to the heart of God. Jesus says, I've not come to for the for the well, I've come for the sick. I did not come, I came to seek and to save those who were lost. And so as we can get distracted as believers. And, 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 and I'm really careful here because I'm not trying to offend anybody, but we, we, can, we can get so distracted in politics. We can get so distracted in th- what this world has to offer, materialism. We can get so distracted with, with a ton of things as believers, worthwhile causes we can get distracted with because the main thing is the main thing. And that is the gospel. And that would have been a good time for you in the arena back there to say amen. The the main thing is the main thing. And when we get, thank you. And when we get off of the main thing and we get on the rabbit trails of all kinds, we lose our focus. And when we lose our focus, we lose our mission. This is our mission, the gospel. That as a church, as individuals, it hasn't changed for 2,000 years. It's our calling, it's our passion, it's the heart of God that God so loved the world that he gave gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe, God so loves the world. He doesn't hate the world. He's not, he's pleading. He's saying, come. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So the reason I start here is because this is where it all starts. Everything we do is all about Jesus. It's all about the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. And then we share that. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to know all the answers. You need to know a little. Be, be aware. Be able to answer when somebody asks you about your faith. You don't have to explain all the, the dispensational views or millennial views, but you do need to know what Jesus has done for you. And that's the gospel being preached, and you sharing that with your at lunch with a coworker, you sharing that at school with a friend, at the lunch table or wherever, you in your neighborhood, whatever with your group of friends. It's the gospel. We start there. Let's not lose focus as, as the as the elections get ready to happen, in this this November, and and then in two years or whatever. It is, yeah, two years. Let's not lose focus, guys. Let's not lose the main thing, why we're here, why it is that we're here as a church and as individuals. We are here because Jesus loves people, and he comes for the sick, and we are called to do the same, to be salt and light. Okay, so that's the gospel. Now, the second, now this is, we're kind of switching gears, in my opinion, to a more event-driven and the next, uh, for, for, So from, for, for two and three today, and then the next week will be event-driven things of eschatology, or uh, uh, events of eschatology that I think are essential. So there are two of them today that I'm going to give you, and this number two for us uh, in this outline, the resurrection. Now, this is an interesting one, because um, in Jesus' day, there were basically two spiritual groups of leaders. There were people called Pharisees and Sadducees. Sadducees were the larger group in the first century. They were the the most dominant group. They were the most influential group. But the Sadducees did not, as Jewish rabbis or Jewish priests or whatever their title was, they did not believe in a resurrection. They did not believe uh, that that, uh, there was life after death, that when you died, that was it. The Pharisees, the smaller representation of of spiritual leaders in the Jewish nation, believed in a resurrection. So some Sadducees came to Jesus and asked about this very question. Let's read Matthew chapter 22. That same day, Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders, who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother now, listen to this. They always try to do this. They always try to trick Jesus. Don't you wish you were like Jesus sometimes in your ability to answer people? I mean, he was unbelievable. Obviously, he was Jesus. Teacher Moses said, uh, teacher Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a, have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers, the oldest one married and then died without children, so his brother married the widow, but the second brother also died, and the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them. Last of all, the, women, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? Okay, now well, first of all, they did not believe in the resurrection. So this was a gotcha question. They, they, they were just trying to, they, were, they, they spent this whole time thinking of this question. Like how can we trick them? How can we make this? And some of us do the same thing, don't we? I do the same thing, we do this, spiritually speaking. Because we put God in a box and, and we, 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 have to, we have to figure out every little detail before we, we obey. Every little detail has to be figured out before we will jump in. And, it, and, it, and Jesus has a, a, a tremendous answer. Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures, <laughs> first of all. I love it. This is the ultimate Jesus juke. You ever heard of a Jesus juke? Somebody's complaining about the day and they said, but Jesus, this is the day the Lord has made. And you're like, okay. You know, that's a Jesus juke. Anyway, your mistake is somebody being super spiritual when you're not. Okay. Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. But now, as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the scriptures? And they had. Long, long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. So Jesus lays the foundation for the idea or the event of a resurrection from the dead. Somebody dies. Somebody dies in Christ or believing in God, believing in Jesus, and what, I'm talking about Old Testament, believing in God, or in New Testament, believing in, in Christ, they will die, but they will come to life again. They're called the resurrection. Now, First Thessalonians, Paul talks about this as a regard, in regards to end times or events of the end times. And here's what he says. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. That's why at a a funeral for somebody who is a believer, of course we mourn, of course we are sad, of course we are, we're we're wired that way. But we, we are not without hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord, we who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Okay, so, so in First Thessalonians, writing his church to Thessalonica in, in modern day Greece, he establishes, an event that will happen before Jesus comes, or as He comes. This, you know, in this one, de- debating whether He's uh, talking about the rapture or the second coming, and, and I'm not even going to go there. I'm just saying, before Jesus comes, there's going to be a resurrection. First Corinthians 15, Paul says it like this: It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. Okay, basic understanding of the resurrection. At the time of Jesus' return, all the dead in Christ who have died from believing in Jesus in, in the first century to now, their body, now they're in heaven, their spirit is in heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. So uh, we, the Bible teaches that we are spirit um, and, and flesh and soul. Our spirits go to heaven, and our bodies stay here. Obviously, they're here. They will be resurrected, and their bo- those bodies will be changed to bodies that will never die. And so like Jesus was a- in the garden when he was resurrected from the dead, he had a little bit different body. It took Mary a little bit to recognize him. And, and she's talking, thought he was the gardener. And, and then she's talking, and as soon as he spoke, she goes, Master. So our bodies are gonna be like Jesus when he was resurrected. They're gonna be changed into bodies that will never die. That's the resurrection of the dead in Christ. Now, the, the third event, or the second for tonight that we're talking about, is the transformation. Now, this is for those of us who are living. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, same chapter I was just in. Let's read the the, 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 the rest of it. What am I saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. Now, The the word rapture um, has been used quite a bit, and this is is speaking of this transformation. There's going to be those of us who are living, when Jesus comes back, our bodies will be transformed, and we will be caught up together. Let me read on. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live, live forever. That's the resurrection. And, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death, Through our Lord Jesus Christ, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Listen to this. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Now, the reason I read all of it is because it's tied to the gospel. It's tied to us working enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So it's tied to this, what are we working? What are we doing? We're being light. We're being salt. We're being witnesses. We're sharing our story. We're building bridges with people far from God in our family, in our neighborhood, in our schools, in our workplace, wherever we are, and even around the world through ministries and partners that we are are partnered with. But the transformation is this thing that happens, much like the resurrection. But those are dead; they are raised to live forever. We who, if we are alive when Jesus comes back, and I'm going to talk about this next week, the return of Christ, which is an essential event we are gonna be changed into bodies that will never die. First Thessalonians 4.13, re- I read it just a minute ago, we'll read a little, a little part, a different part of it. And now dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died. I just read this. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since believe, we believe, we believe that, that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, now this is the transformation part, that was the resurrection. When the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we are, we are, who are still alive will remain on the earth and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet, him in the, meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage, and listen to this, so encourage one another with these words or each other with these words. Let me put them on the screen again. These are essential to end times. Number one, the gospel. Number two, the resurrection. Number three, the transformation. These, in my opinion, guys, these are irrefutable events that no matter how it all pans out, no matter what the events or how the events are, are, are inserted into our timeline, can I be honest with you? And I hope you won't get mad at me, but it doesn't really matter to me. I don't, I, I don't care when this happens or when that happens. What I do care about is that we understand, have a working knowledge of some of the important or essential events that will happen in the end times. And the gospel being preached, our job is to continue to do that. It's not just my job, it's our job to do that. The knowledge and understanding and hope that there's a resurrection so that you're, my dad, a year and a half ago, passed away, almost coming up two years February. And I miss him great. I, wish, I just wish sometimes when I'm working on something, and, 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 and my friends who know me know that that's not a good thing for me to be working on something. But I miss, I miss being able to ask my dad. But I don't grieve without hope because I know where he is. And I know that his body is going to come to life, be resurrected with his spirit, and he is going to be an immortal or he will be, he'll live in a body that will never die. No more Parkinson's for my dad. And no more cancer for your family. And no more sin. He has overcome death over. And sin. That's what Jesus has done. That's why we live abundant lives here on earth because we still sin, but yet we are overcomers. It doesn't matter that you sin. Well, when I say that, don't, don't quote me. It matters that you sin. Hold on, let me let, let me go back. It does matter that we sin, but when we we don't sin because we can, but when we do, there is this wonderful thing called the good news of the gospel, and it is forgiveness of our sin. You don't have to live, we don't have to live in that. And then there is the promise of overcoming death and when that happens, the dead in Christ will rise first and if when Jesus comes, we are still alive when he comes. Our bodies will be immediately transformed. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I don't know if it's like, you know, uh, Star Trek and it beam me up Scotty, you know, I don't know but our bodies will turn into bodies that will never die, and so will we be with the Lord. These are essential events that you and I need to know about. Not so that we can use them as weapons to other people who are unbelievers or not yet believers, but so that we can have an understanding and a knowledge and a hope. Guys, this is about hope. This is about giving hope. Go back to that scripture just one more time. First, first, the last scripture, sorry. The last scripture, whatever that was. Okay, yeah, yeah. So encourage each other with these words. Guys, isn't, there's no fear in this. We encourage one another with these words. And so when we are asked about our faith, when we are asked about end times, when we're, when we're because current events, and we all know current events are crazy. What's going on in Ukraine and Russia what's going on in our country as far as morally and around the world, of course, what's what's going on in all parts. Po- I mean, listen, I, we all know it's crazy. As I told you last week, I think that are pretty essential suggestions that I believe would be really important is that we're not afraid to study end times. We don't insert insert current events into our end time eschatology, in my opinion. I know, I think that's, futile. Jesus said, you know what, there, there's going to be some signs, but then he says, but those not the end. That's just the beginning of the end. And then it was like very confusing in a sense of like we just don't know. So let's stop worrying about the date and current events and characters and try to oh okay, so if that's the bear of Russia and they're going to come down, I mean, let's not try to figure all that out. Let's just know that he's in control. And we want to live our lives ready. And before he comes, while we're waiting, here's what we're doing. We're preaching the gospel. That's what we're doing. We're waiting. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. How many are ready for him to come? I mean, I'm like, you got bills to pay, and you're like, man, I'm ready for him to come right now. Right? Let's, let's get this done. Now, I remember growing up in high school, I wanted to get married first. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, he's going to come before I get married. I just know it. That's a bummer, you know. Those of you getting it, you know. All right, but anyway. Now that I'm 56, I'm ready. Come, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. But before you do, as I'm waiting, we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to go to Mexico. We're going to go to Latin America. We're gonna to go to Russia and we're gonna to go to Europe and we're gonna to go to Africa and we're gonna to go to India and we're gonna to go to China and we're gonna to go to Thailand and we're gonna to go to Indonesia, and we're gonna wherever, right? And we're gonna take the gospel as best we can with through partnerships or maybe some of you. We're gonna do the best that we can. Let's not get sidetracked on the events. Let's get focused on the mission. Lord, uh, for those in the room, that just heard the good news for the first time perhaps in their lives hard to believe that that would be true but maybe somebody never heard heard it that way never knew or understood that the gospel that the good news is really good news it's not just good news for a certain group of people but it's good news for everyone for whosoever would believe So Lord, I pray for those in the room today across our campuses watching online that need to respond to your invitation of the good news. To bow their knee in a sense and confess with their mouth that you are Christ, you are Lord, you died on the cross, you rose from the dead and you give us hope of eternal life. You've forgiven our sins. We put our trust in you. For those in the room that need to do that, I pray that today would be their day. And for those of us that already know you and already believers and grown complacent, materialistic, um, distracted, God, would you help us to refocus our attention on what really matters and what's at the heart of the gospel, and that's people who are lost. May your kingdom come, may your will be done in our lives as we preach the gospel, wherever we are, wherever we live, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.